All right, so we are starting our Frostside Chat. Hello and welcome to Frostside Chat, our weekly live stream post-session discussion where we talk about what just happened during D&D. This is the chat for session 28, so if you have not watched that session yet, please go do that for listening or watching because there will be massive, massive spoilers. I'm your DM, Eric, and joining me we have Valrobin's player, Chris. Hello! And Edmund, or should I say Dirth's player, uh, Raymond. <laughs> the star of the episode. Um, this is going to be a tricky one to talk about because there's so much I want to say, but we still have more dungeon to go and I can't spoil some yeah. things. So you guys can yeah. talk and ask questions and I can do my best to answer them. But at the start, I want to just congratulate Raymond on a fucking phenomenal job of role-playing your way into and throughout this entire facility so far. Let me roll real quick. I know I didn't realize till I got up or baby aggro, that um, I was pretty much talking the whole time. Yeah, like literally, it was it was fantastic. I loved it. I worried because I, I probably didn't do a good enough job of having the other people like, okay, now what do you guys did? But honestly, I just fucking loved role playing with you throughout that whole sequence. Yeah, um, but now I understand kind of like you know when Reese is talking to animals, stuff like that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same sort of situation. It's just. And also, I think those are fine because they're like. You had the tool, right? Like, you had yeah. the way to handle the situation. So it's like, yeah, it's yours to run with. Mm -hmm. Which I did not necessarily think of when I, because, you know, part of the design process is you try and anticipate, okay, what are the players going to do? What kind of options they have at their disposal? Because obviously I have access to all your character sheets. And you know, I'm trying to think, okay, what if they can fly around? What if they can do all these other things? And for some reason, disguise self just never occurred to me. Um, did you happen to see it like in my list? I, I guess I, mean, there, I didn't think. Like too. But. I didn't think disguising one person would get you inside, but you did it with such the fact that you chose to specifically turn yourself into the prince impressed me. So I'm like, oh the one shit, who was missing. Yes, one who's so that, missing because yeah. you have that information. I was like, this is actually like the perfect crime. <laughs> That you can disguise yourself as this figure. And, you know, something I've learned after playing with years of D&D is I let the role-playing, for the most part, if it's if we're having a good time, I won't have you roll. I'll just have you role-play. So, in other words, I'm not having you roll deception checks or persuasion checks, all that stuff during the roll. Now, there was one time, I believe, near the end where I had you roll. Um... I forgot what the circumstance was. Well, I think I had the roll intimidation one time to have the one dwerger like back off. So if there was something you specifically wanted somebody to do that was seemed a little bit further, I was like, okay, now I'm gonna have you roll. But in terms of just doing the role play and like you know being that character, I was like, this is fucking great. We're just rolling with this. Yeah, yeah. I th I, th I just thought yeah. the actual like like leapfrogging, covering the slits, <laughs> using once again. Using the environment to your advantage, yeah. like the, the narrow slits, just covering them with your body, and the rest of it just running through. I thought that was genius. I was like, "This is, this is uh, we're gonna get through so much shit that that uh, Derek had planned <laughs> for us this way." Mm -hmm. I know. I don't know. If it, yeah, you mentioned you were thinking of other techniques, but I'm like, the way you describe it, there's like no other way to go. I thought we were going to have to deal with the, the guard on the other side of the slit. I thought we we're going. To, I was going to, have to like. I was thinking like, okay, maybe I'll shoot him with the dart so that he doesn't like alert yeah but i at the time i didn't realize until you started doing your thing 
I didn't realize that he's got the lever to open the door yeah. in there. Yep. So that's that would be pretty funny. Yeah, you do that and you're like, now what? <laughs> yeah, now what? Exactly. I did specifically even call out at one point though, because you can see inside, you could teleport using your teleport thing in there. But it was yeah. small enough where people couldn't actually fit through there. Right. But yeah, that was fucking brilliant using the I, I Yeah. And I, I was so impressed by it, I just kinda let it happen in terms of the and impressed by role playing. So in terms of letting everybody just like shuffle past and, you know, doing all that maneuvering, I was like, this is just fucking great. We're gonna run with this. You know, and, and generally when it comes to these stealth heist things, I'm on your guys' side. Like I wanna create the fun, um, you know, I don't want to create a very challenging, like, oh, the alarms, because you don't have a quick load option. You know, there's no, right. there's no like, oh, shit, now we're going to try this or this didn't work. I don't, I don't want to bring down the hammer of everything on you. So I generally want these things to happen. So I'm pretty willing to let a lot of stuff, you know, go pretty loosey-goosey. If, if, as long as everybody's playing intelligently and, you know, doing things in a smart way. Or just making it entertaining, first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was going to say something, but I forgot. <laughs> he stepped away. We might have gotten a few minutes out of him. That was that's right. <laughs> the baby's yeah. not cooperating. Then the, the, the baby uh, called him back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, like, yes, that's why the, the like stealth sequences in D and D are so tricky. Mm -hmm. It's just because if anything. I mean, as a DM, you sort of, I think you're, this is what you kind of, what you were speaking to. No, you kind baby. of learn. There he is. <laughs> Join us, baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. You kind of learn that, whereas oh. in a video game, any little thing will cause, like, you know, the trigger. <laughs> Your hair's all wild. But you can't do that in D&D &D because, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> I'm distracted. <laughs> I haven't seen them in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of rare, 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 right. Rare, yeah, rare, the heist, the stealth yeah. it is very tricky to pull off because you really, you really don't want to bring down the hammer because it's like, oh well, now we're not doing this anymore. Now it just becomes, you know, a yeah. combat dungeon crawl. Which, you know, there are there were opportunities where you guys could have set up ambushes and took out guy, and you even talked about maybe taking out that one <laughs> dwerger who looked like he was alone, like, you know, yeah. and and I would try to play on the side of like, um, you know, again, as long as you guys are being smart and you know, action economy usually favors you. You know, you're not seeing any alarm systems around, so maybe it's just, like, voices and sounds and stuff. So I would generally try and be on your side for doing mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But, you know, there may be opportunities where you find yourself in hot water. <laughs> right. You're like, there's only nine guys here. I was <laughs> like, well, okay, so statistically, maybe this one person by themselves. But... Yeah, I like how, yeah, I, I, you did a smart thing about asking about that. I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, because, again, you were the prince, so it's like, they're going to fucking, like, tell you everything. It's like, yeah, we have fucking nine people right here in this barracks ready to go. <laughs> I don't know if you were intending to do this, Eric, but at one point, you kind of put the test on him, and he just totally blew past your test when you were like, Oh, what, what was it? What? So you, know, you mentioned something that had honor. happened to the other brother, and and he was like, I don't know what happened to him. I've been I've been out of the the, the fortress this entire time. Yeah, I did try to do something like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, of course you wouldn't know. Like we know what happened. <laughs> we know he lost his fingers and he's you yeah. know, came back. But yeah, I think you picked up on that. The funny thing was, what I, I played with that is when you ended up talking to Grandolfa and you were acting a certain way, and then Grandolfa was like, 
this is way different than how you usually act. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, well, I've been out there for a while. I'm a change. Yeah. I'm a changed <laughs> You just he, fucking he had an didn't even miss a everything. fucking beat. Yeah, it exactly. was it was so good. Because at any time, yeah. if you're just like sit there frozen or don't know what to say, then I'm like, all right, now you have to roll. But because you fucking just right. immediately jump into role playing, I'm like, fuck it, that works. <laughs> uh, that, that, that answer in, in just a casual conversation among regular people, that mm -hmm. answer would just sort of work. So it's like, yeah, of course, they, they probably wouldn't question it. Yeah. You did trip me up, though, with the what do you think of your father? That that one, I was like, I, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. You you played it off as like I got stuff I got to do. I'm gonna you're like picking the the last dialogue option. We're like I have to go now. <laughs> hey, that, that, that moment kind of felt like one of those like like you know tree moments where it's like which yeah. are, are you siding with Grandalf or are you siding with the king? Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to choose right now. <laughs> just, yeah. Just leave. Yeah, that was an interesting scenario. So explain the the. Or sorry, go ahead. I was just saying it was it was fun to yeah conversationalize. It was very fun for me too. I'll say that <laughs> you kind of got to use all your NPCs in the whole floor, didn't you? Because you were like, yeah, you get to talk to yeah. Um, what? How did that ch that chest work? That fucking almost killed me. So this fucking chest. Um. <laughs> that we wasted half our resources that on. was so funny yeah you guys you guys are just like coasting through this place nailing all these skill checks about perception and i guess persuasion like whatever there was a couple of 20s on there for whatever reason yeah um and then this chest all of a sudden you guys just shit the bed left and right <laughs> on on figuring this chest out going through all of these checks it was a yeah. DC 20 by the way dexterity check to pick the lock it was not an easy lock to pick yikes okay. yeah um, so it was funny because you, you know, had you rolled like a 14, use the party, it would have been funny to be like, oh, I got a 17. I'm like, that's not good enough. So yeah. you, yeah, you rolled badly, but it was, it was a hard one to open. The tricky thing is whenever Heather says, okay, now I'm going to use, cause I've kind of established that you can, you can use this. I'm like, I don't mind that rule, but I remember in video games, which is where I take a lot of my inspiration from, you could do that, but it would like destroy some of the loot inside. You could like oh, literally choose right. to like hack up the, you know, f essentially force the lock. Yeah. But, um, you know, that would have a chance to destroy some of the contents inside. So I'm like, all right, I could do that. And then I just felt so bad because <laughs> you guys spent so much shit, like bardic inspirations and real inspirations trying to get yeah. into this thing. Yep. And then and then the fact that she made an attack roll against a lock, rolled an 18, and then used bardic inspiration to give her more. I was like, all right, you've expended Fine. enough things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to let you open this fucking chest. And get the uh, loot inside. At a 25, there's not much to argue with. Yeah. Then, right? It's just... So, on the one hand, you don't necessarily want to give players the ability to just roll skill checks. Be like, all right, I'm going to open it with my axe. I'm like, are you? So... But because, you know, you spend all these things to do it, I'm like, all right, well, you guys are... Yeah. Really trying hard here. And, and you, you brought up an interesting thing that, I I mean, I, I, I think is probably a question for D&D &D in general. When you said, like, no, you're not going to just get to pick lock until you get it right. Like you 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 get your one shot and then we got to move on to something yeah. else, some other attempt because it's such a tricky thing when you don't have like a time crunch on you or you're not in turn base. It's like, yeah, I suppose technically they could sit there and just do the same check over and over again. What I saw, right? what I saw Salas to do, which is a five E game, is each character has one chance to pick a lock for a long rest. So oh, wow. technically, if you're in a dungeon, 
and you fuck up your chance to pick the lock, and you move later on and you long rest, you could come back to it and attempt another one attempt per character. So the long it does reset on a long rest. So that's kind of the the thought process I'm trying to invoke here is because yeah, I don't like the idea of you all. Oh, I'm just gonna keep picking the lock forever. Yeah, we got we got all the time in the world. Let's yeah, so I'm thinking, all right, well, you get one attempt, and that's considered like your best chance at that lock that time. But technically, it could reset yeah. on a long rest. So I think that might be the rules I'm gonna adopt. Yeah, that makes some sense. I mean, it, it, it's it, yeah, it, it's a tricky thing just because it, does, it doesn't technically make sense in the in the sense of time, mm-hmm. but in the in the sense of the keeping the game going and keeping the game game. Yeah. You know, we had some house rules, sense. but it was a complicated like you break your locks and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, man, with Solasta's rules were just way simpler. It's like everybody gets one chance. Um, not everybody. I think you literally have to be proficient in sure lock yeah. picking. I think to to even try. Yeah, well, you have to have like a, oh. a lock picks kit. I guess you're proficient. It's just your that's just your skill level. But as long as you have the kit, I think you can attempt to pick the lock. Okay. Um, and then that's and you can. That's per long rest. You can technically try again or long rest, I guess. And on our team, Edmund's the only one. He's the, the only one who's... Yeah, that's kind of a, yeah. a weakness you guys have with, with locks. Now, the hilarious thing was, yes, you saw where the key was. <laughs> Although the key... So the chest was trapped, which I will fully admit is me just fucking forgetting until you guys are about to leave the room. Leave. Yeah. I was literally scrolling through this this one room. has like a lot of stuff <laughs> going on. Um... And it says as soon as you open the chest, that poison trap sets off. And I literally was like, you guys were dealing with the statue and all that. I'm just reading through there. I'm like, trunk contains if all kinds of hints were... Oh, shit. <laughs> like, actually, it's... it's sorry, it's, it's not when the chest is open. It's when all the contents are removed. So it should have been during the looting process, uh, okay. which is kind of a neat uh, part well, of it. That kind of makes sense then, the way we did it. Cause yeah. We, we took everything out. We're turning around to leave. And that's... Well, like- you spent a long time lo- looking at the statue and all that. So yeah. I kind of had to feel like, okay, maybe when the chest closes again for some reason, like, it, they're delayed. So I just bullshit. Like, yeah. whatever. The trap is still going off because I literally was about to forget about it. <laughs> um, But yeah, that was... I just rolled good damage on it. It's 40-10. That was nuts. And suppose... Uh, technically, it does it every round, but I'm like, all right, you guys would just get the oh, fuck out. Leaving. It's not like... Yeah. This isn't Tomb of a of Annihilation where shit's closing and you're trapped in there or something. Right. But had you opened the door, seen the key, and gone to remove the key, that's another trap. As I as I alluded to the fact that that statue is giving you uneasy vibes, oh, that statue can okay. fuck you up too. Interesting. And I dealt a lot of damage with that poison trap. Holy crap. Yes, you did. That was painful. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if you guys actually end up um, divvying up that loot, but you guys got a shit ton of loot that's worth... I wrote it all down. Okay. I, I, we, we, do a, we do a bad job of saying, like, I'm going to grab this, I'm going to grab... We yeah. just kind of all just go, like, it goes in the pile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I write stuff down, even if I'm even in terms that I'm not the one holding it. I've still got it in my okay. character sheet. You're the party... Uh, Scribe. Uh, or inventory, <laughs> yeah. Inventory, yeah. Quartermaster, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then I like the tease for a future possible puzzle with the numbers. Yeah. Always fun. Um, but yeah, you guys you guys hit up the... Basically, all of that had no enemies. Um, Ray was able to talk down the one... The saltwater thing was fucking hysterical. You just put that jug out and just threw saltwater in his face. <laughs> Which worked and again you're the prince and he's like deferring to you so it's not like he's gonna go he's like oh shit okay (laughs) that's what made it work 
That was hilarious. Yep. Jeff's a good person to copy. It was. Yeah. That's that was really the linchpin here. Um you got and I did have him tease the fact that there was a um kind of a dignitary here, I guess, a, a noble person of another clan visiting, which you then very quickly met, which was Grandolfo. Yeah. Which was probably our biggest role playing scene of the session, I think. And I didn't know how that was going to go, but it was, I think you did a pretty good job <laughs> of keeping in character, keeping your hands pretty, uh, the cards close to your chest, and actually getting some information from her. Yeah. Without actually, like, locking us into any certain, you know, action or yeah. loyalties. I don't know if you can admit to me, but I, I couldn't remember, is she the one that's supposed to wed the father? So, yeah, she was there. He was wanting to um, marry her, and it sounded like it was kind of a business political marriage. As like she's, He's the head of the Sunblight clan, and she's the head of the Mutzgart clan, and they would, you know, join their clans together. Although it sounds... And, and he's trying to have her... Give her what, what, exclusive rights to... Um, the meat hall, the meat, yeah, because she's got. Uh, well, I think I didn't get to this, but she runs like a, um, like a mushroom ale business in the Underdark is her like okay. thing, and so he's like, hey, they've got a whole mead hall here, and you can take over that. Which that was a funny bit of information you guys could impart. I was like, yeah, that shit's fucked. <laughs> and add a little genocide branding in there. That's oh my exactly. god, that was I was fucking dying with that one. <laughs> for glorious genocide <laughs> what was the you said I can't hide from the genocide or something in the oh, oh. you must have written that that was funny as right? shit you had, you had a whole like marketing slogan you you wrote I, I made it up just then oh my god oh, that my was goodness. incredible I was like don't you dare hide we're here with genocide <laughs> <laughs> hopefully people remember that callback because it sounds fucking weird out of the context I don't even <laughs> remember the session it was now but i think you gotta you gotta you gotta spell it right as long as you spell it gin with gin, then, then you're all right genocider i think was the cider, was it genocider right. i'm not sure because we, we we've waffled on this Gone back and forth. It's, whether it's a gin drink or it's a cider drink or both or both because at some point when you guys oh. got the wagon you like turn it into like a food truck thing but for yeah your alcohol yeah uh, yep our drink Oh yeah, and then uh, you guys you guys found the map and learned more from Grandolfo and basically have been learning about what the grand plan is. Oh yeah, we re- we realized I that I it's, skimped not over the map. Natural, it's not a natural dragon raft or that they have. It's some sort of mass destruction creation that they got going on down there. Weapon of mass destruction. Dragon shaped, probably. Yeah, from what you've gathered from... And... That fun little mechanical table, like a train set kind of a thing. Yeah, and it's gonna like just go around and wipe out cities. I'm interested to see what that what that looks like. What the machine <laughs> looks like, but yeah, yeah. So we got we got some more details on what they're planning on doing. Which I guess now now is the that's why we're here to prevent all of Ten Towns being destroyed by a mechanical dragon. Yeah. So, you, I mean. The Dwarves have been teasing the fact they're going to conquer everything, and you might have thought that was just bullshit or whatever else. But now that you've seen this fortress, you've heard this tales. Like you're still not quite sure, like how many Dwarves are there here or whatever else now. But this does seem like it's a pretty serious 
yeah. deal that you're up against. Mm-hmm. And this is meant to be um, this. I will say this series of events is meant to be more than just a. Which you probably tell by this more than one of those like one-off side, like one location caves or something with a bunch of dwergers and a yeah. bunch of gnolls or something like this. One actually leads to like multiple things. Right. And this facility obviously seems far bigger than you're used to. Although I will say you got pretty damn far in this session. I fight anybody. I know that's pretty funny. Um, we I, I ended it. Thankfully, so I knew we were getting a little bit late. Around the to- time Ray was talking to the Grandolfa lady and and finished that conversation, I was like, I could end it here, but it seems weird. So I think we can explore the rest of this level, and I, there's a couple different opportunities where I could see it being a good cutoff point, like right where shit would start or maybe start, or you enter a, a cool-looking area or something. You know, you yeah. always want to try to hit that neat cliffhanger. And um, the cliffhanger ended up being just, oh shit, this chest is a mimic. <laughs> Which is fine. I was like, the okay, that's. That Dead Prince what has a mimic chest in his room is a yep. great question, but. <laughs> yep. Which I don't think there's any way of knowing that, but. No, yeah. So, oh, Ray, you might have actually missed that at the end. So, because um, I think Frey opened the door whenever. So, yeah, you explored your room, which was uh, the, as you guys correctly identified, Nildar, who the one who lived and escaped and was making all the potions and things. That's what uh, Edmund was able to get. And then I think around the time Ray had to leave, Ray opened the other door, which was Dirth's bedroom. And that one was mainly empty except for a chest. And I thought it was funny that she was looking around for a key. And then I was like, the chest isn't locked because I want her to obviously touch the fucking chest because I know what's going to happen. And she immediately was like, all right, I go open it. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> it's a fucking, she gets stuck to it. Teeth appear. And then we're going to end the session. Yeah. Finally, a combat fight. Yeah. I was surprised we didn't have any single fight this session. I will say that I expected I there to be no, no attack. Well, there was one attack roll against the lock, but that's that's it. that's true. And you guys did take damage from that poison cloud. Holy crap! Yeah. That did yeah. probably more than like a couple Dwerger would do, honestly. Uh, to me, especially me, somebody who wasn't out in the front line very almost much. Thirty and, damage, yeah. Almost thirty damage, yeah. I had five left at the end of that. Yeah. But yeah, you guys found um, in that room to the south is obviously straight up elevator that I described. Right. That ascends to the top and bottom. In, and then in the guard room, right? Correct, yeah. So there are actually two elevators that you found that seem to go up and down. So even that. though the dungeon starts out pretty linearly at this level, as soon as you start finding the elevators, it obviously opens up. So... Yeah. I was having to do a lot of prep work this week in terms of like, well, God, I know they're going to make it to, you know, these opening couple rooms, but then they could immediately just say, fuck it, we're jumping in an elevator and going somewhere, and I got to be able yeah. to prep enough for all that. Yeah, exactly. Straight down, straight up. <laughs> Where are they going to go? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, would it have killed Thimbleweed? I'm reading Jay's chat. If you hadn't he healed him, the... I forgot how much damage. I think He I succeeded, so I think he took... What it would have been, 14 or 15 damage or something? Yeah, I think it was 28. Yeah, it, it might have downed him. Hmm. Yeah, and Duca also saying it would have... Yep, so there you go, your healing word. <laughs> just because I was didn't like to look at that health bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. What else is that... It's it's a tricky session a session to talk about even though there's a lot of good stuff but I can't 
give too much information away because you guys are still just yeah and there's i mean all that stuff i, I don't think we'd even think to ask about yet anyway it's like it's obvious that we're like le- we're, we're headed towards it so mm-hmm. it's yeah we'll get to it we'll get to it yeah 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 and you're in the you're in a giant dungeon so i'm not gonna ask you like where are you gonna go next because i've you know, i've got all these different rooms and stuff prepped so could be anywhere yeah yeah and you don't know where so where shit ends up exactly I am nervous about how hurt you guys are, though. Jesus. <laughs> and God. I don't quite understand how Thimbleweed doesn't have any, any any hit points left. I don't remember him taking much damage. I guess, did he take a lot in the cave? But even if he did, I mean, we long rested before that cave. Well, you guys got that partial long rest thing, though, where you don't get your hit dice back. Oh. So if he had to... Roll when was the last this. time we actually got hit dice back? Was it before the goblins? Uh, it might have been. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and spell it. And me through Spellex was like, "You guys can detour back to town and have a long rest up there." But you're like, "No, we're fucking going straight there, straight shot." And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. Spell slot wise, you guys seemed fine when I checked your character sheets, but hit points, it was getting pretty dicey. Yeah, yeah. Don't throw any more poison gas traps at us, we'll be alright. <laughs> well, dangerous. Uh, Ray, you can also have inspiration if you didn't already, because <laughs> you clearly earned enough for inspiration again. I think you spent years trying to open that. That was the only thing you failed at, I think, tonight, was opening, picking that lock. <laughs> Which lock. everybody failed at. Yeah, that lock was not meant to be picked. <laughs> um, Anything else about session 28? I, this was a, a really fun role-playing session, I will say, from, from my point of view. Yeah. I had sure. to prepare for a lot of eventualities and a lot of things happening. I did not expect to... Um, I did not expect to role play specifically with Raymond throughout the entire session. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was pretty nice. That's... All because yep. of one yep. spell. That's true. Just the one ability. I had a language. I had yeah, that that's important too. I had a lot of fun using that spell in our Storm of Kings Thunder campaign. Oh yeah. I had the Warlock Invocation, I think, where you could actually cast it at will. Yeah. And there was a couple times where I was like, this is really fun to be able to do the deception thing and tell all these fun lies and do misdirection and all that. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's fun to be the DM on this side of that, too. Yeah, especially if, if you're, re- you know, uh, replacing someone or posing as someone who they would naturally interact with. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Now, now I get to, as a, as a DM, I get to, like, tell you information. I get yep. to actually, like, let the characters speak freely. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of fun. All right, I think that will do it for this week's Frostside Chat. Yeah. Thank you to Chris and Raymond. I am Eric. Thank you to all the wonderful fans for watching, and we will see you all next week. See you next week.